This is episode 55 of the Angry Tech News Podcast for Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. This is the Angry Tech News Podcast at angrytechnews.com. Now your host, the angry programmer with a mic, Brian Bemrose. It's another rainy day, gray spring day in the Pacific Northwest. I woke up to gray gray skies and drizzle, one of those 600 Eskimo words for the rain that we have around here. Drizzle means a light rain that doesn't really penetrate or fill the gullies, but makes everything damp and soggy. I'll probably go to bed to gray skies and drizzle, or maybe the weather will change it up and it may sprinkle, mist, or shower instead. As a Washington native, it's the kind of weather I really like because it makes the Californians miserable and hopefully makes them entertain thoughts of leaving here and going back to a place where the sun shines and there's only slightly more poop on the streets. Also, happy birthday, Bemlet. He is uh, the Douglas, this is his Douglas Adams birthday, the ultimate answer of life, the universe and everything. Uh, My baby bro is 42 today, so just wanted to point out happy birthday and uh, I hope you got me your gift. I haven't talked much on this show about the massive waves of tech industry layoffs that have been happening in the last few months. I probably won't very much because that stuff's depressing and and it's really more about employment and economy than tech. But I think the layoffs are pretty much a combination of a softening economy due to political reasons that uh, really I shouldn't get into on this show and a market correction to Silicon Valley's tendency when the economy was high and they were rolling in those sweet advertising dollars to hire every college grad that managed to squeeze reading a couple programming books into their busy schedule of activism for one thing or another, leading to the companies with a glut of employees and not nearly enough profitable products to use those employees on. Well, now the ad dollars are draining away, companies are tightening belts, it's all cyclic, One thing, the tech rags that I use for research on this show, don't judge, I use tech rags, I don't want to do my own original research, have been glowing over while the layoffs hit all of the big, or is the the layoffs have been hitting all the big players, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, but the one company every single article points out is never on the list is Apple. Well, now Apple's on the list. Uh, Apple laid off 200 people, which frankly still isn't that much compared to the tens of thousands coming from the other companies. It's just not that many, but I think that there's a couple reasons for that. One, Apple didn't go as crazy with hiring. And the other is that Apple's one of the few Silicon Valley companies left. They're old school. They have a business model that still relies mainly on producing goods for consumers rather than selling consumers to advertisers like most of the Silicon Valley companies. The ad market in Silicon Valley is drying up far, far faster than the consumer market, which explains the discrepancy. But I guess for those 200 people, this is still the suck. Uh, Our thoughts and prayers go out to them for what the nothing that that's worth. But as for the tech rags who thought that Apple was untouchable, suck it. A low tide beaches all ships or something like that. From the not your cloud anymore department, let's start with a data breach story. Western Digital announced that they are dealing with a quote network security incident that happened on March 26th, wherein an unauthorized third party gained access to company systems to which they were, well, I guess they were unauthorized to access. 
Uh, currently, the company is actively working to restore impacted services. The company believes that the intruder made off with at least some company data, although they're not sure how much. The outage impacts the MyCloud, MyCloud Home, MyCloud Home Duo, MyCloud OS 5, SanDisk IBI, SanDisk Expand Wireless Charger services. I haven't even heard of most of those, but I always thought Western Digital was a hard drive company. Well, that about covers the bleeping computer and register parts of this story. Uh, for that more personal and sensationalist note, we go to Ars Technica, who hone in on the MyCloud service outage, which frankly is becoming pretty big. Ars Technica points out that MyCloud users are fuming after they got locked out of their data. Uh, I, I'd like to see video proof of this because seeing a user actually fume would be would be something I think they'd put in the story if they had it. But um, they're locked out of their data for more than a week in counting, which actually is kind of a thing if you're a user of that service. Users cannot access any data stored in the service. Uh, they cannot access their uh, download new, whatever. It, you, you know how being locked out of a service means. As far as I know, data that's been duplicated locally is still accessible. It'd be real weird if you couldn't. Um, I really had never heard of Western Digital My Cloud. If a hard drive maker wants me to pay for storage, I'm going to buy their drives and install that storage in a local network attached storage system that I control. But I guess that's not as convenient as having a company just host for you and lose and leak your data for you. Ars Technica suggests that it's ransomware, which is quite possible given the terse and information-free statements made by the company so far. Uh, as of yesterday, regular access is still unavailable to users of MyCloud. Uh, Western Digital has published a workaround, though. Um, the workaround is, quote, to enable local access, use your favorite browser and connect to your device's dashboard. Then enable the local access feature and create a new local access account. If you know what that means, more power to you. For the latest update, Western Digital offers... We continue to make every effort to restore all services as quickly as possible and will provide updates as we have them, which I'm sure will make the people locked out of their data feel that much better. Oh, and oh, for a quick data from the troll room. Thank you, Darren O, who points out that it my cloud comes with their NAS. So I guess if you bought hardware from Western Digital. Anyway, next story. I'm past that one. Moving on from the gaming to retro department, Microsoft's Xbox security team, who have always been at odds with the popularity of their console, have made yet another move to block users from enjoying the console they purchased. Microsoft has an app store for Xbox. Of course, it's a service. It's connected to the Internet. Of course, there's an app store anyway, where people can write and make available software that other people want to download. People want to play games, even games for other consoles. It makes the Xbox seem more useful. And people are able to play something. People really want to be able to play something that isn't from Activision or Ubisoft or one of the two Xbox exclusives per year. And people really want to be able to play older games that aren't commercially available anymore, like the orphan games we talked about last week when the Wii U and 3DS stores shut down. Emulators, in case you're not sure, are programs that let you play games from some other console. It's it's software that runs on one system and pretends to be another system. Very, very useful for uh, playing games that were made for discontinued hardware where, you know, if you can't get, for example, you can't buy a Super Nintendo anymore unless you find one on eBay and then you're probably playing or paying the nostalgia premium, but you can get an emulator for it. Well, emulators on Xbox were big things. 
uh, they fill that niche of for wanting something other than the few Microsoft exclusives. But Microsoft has a policy against emulators on the console. Um, if you want to speculate why the policy is, I don't think it's just to reduce the the interest in actually using an Xbox. I think there's probably some, presumably some licensing restrictions. I don't know for sure. Corporate legal deals are unknowable and unfathomable, and I don't think I should be speculating. But the Microsoft Store has, for a long time, had emulators such as uh, RetroArch is the one that was listed in the article I saw, until such time as Microsoft delisted them from the store. However, if you really, really wanted it, you could go to RetroArch's site, and they were still available on the Xbox as, quote, private apps, not listed or searchable in the store, but if you knew the right URL to poke into the Edge browser on Xbox, did you know there was an Edge browser on Xbox? I think I knew that. I, I don't know. Nobody uses Edge browser on Windows. Okay. But if you knew the right URL and you loaded it in the Edge browser, it would install. Well, last week, those side-loaded apps stopped working. Uh, after one of Xbox's monthly forced system updates, the trying to launch the app that you installed on your Xbox would say something to the effect of, this app cannot be launched because it violates Xbox's terms of service. Microsoft did not cop to specifically disabling the emulators, but did point out in a statement that emulators are not allowed per their 600-page terms of service and that we continually evolve our mechanisms for reviewing and taking enforcement actions on content distributed to the store to ensure alignment with our Microsoft Store policies, which sounds like an admission of guilt to me. For now, the only way to install these apps is to enable developer mode on your Xbox, which requires you to sign up and pay for a Microsoft developer account. Uh, I know it marks me as old, but I still remember when being a developer was something you just read a book and learned how to do on your own. Now I guess you have to have an account. You're not a developer unless you apply for permission to certify as a developer. Must we ask for permission for everything these days? I'm a little cranky this morning. We'll see how long it takes Microsoft to close that loophole and restrict what authorized developers can do. Developers, 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 indeed. Yeah. If you haven't taken the update yet, you could, of course, keep your Xbox offline to prevent it from disabling your emulator and enjoy your emulator indefinitely. But then you'd have to stay offline forever and you'd miss countless other opportunities for forced updates. From the virtual peeping Tom department, ever feel like you're being watched? Well, if you own a laptop, a smartphone, a Roomba, a smart doorbell, or a Tesla, you probably are being watched. We live in a world that has cameras everywhere. If you live in a big city, you're probably used to having cameras outside in public. They've been in every public space since 1988. But more and more, we're being invited to bring those cameras into our homes. Cameras that take pictures of whatever's in front of them. Cameras that then upload those pictures to a server where the server's in the cloud. You have no control over who sees them. And sure, most companies that publish or put out these cameras have a privacy policy that says, oh, we are not going to reveal what's in the pics. But most of those privacy policies are so full of holes in legalese, you'd be a fool to fully trust them. Well, now Tesla is in hot water about its routine use of these images captured by your car's many cameras and immediately sent to a database deep in Silicon Valley where you have no control over the pictures, the images, the videos, and they do not always stay dormant. Reuters reports that between 2019 and 2022, 
multiple or several groups of Tesla employees internal to the company privately shared images captured by the vehicles on their internal messaging system. Some of the images were innocuous, like funny street signs that were shared uh, amongst people. Uh, some were more serious car crashes. Internal employees are making memes out of these, by the way, according to the report. Uh, some of them were actually incriminating. For example, road rage videos, which were shared around Tesla, hopefully not shared with the traffic authorities, but who knows? And some of them were straight up embarrassing. Like, for example, uh, one instance of a naked man approaching his own car and the video was report recorded by the car, uploaded to Tesla and shared around internally. This, by the way, is not just when your car is on. There's many images from while well, the car is parked too. although Tesla in a statement says that they have stopped collecting videos from parked cars and you must now specifically opt in to your car spying on you when you're not driving it. Tesla's privacy policy states that, quote, camera recordings remain anonymous and are not linked to your vehicle. But it's not usually hard to figure out whose car it is, considering the location of every single recording is included in the metadata. And you can usually triangulate whose address, which, by the way, your address is also on file at Tesla, is attached to all of that cluster of, dot of videos around it. Uh, and it's especially easy to pinpoint whose car it is when those recordings contain a picture of you, hopefully wearing clothes. Now, if you think, oh, I haven't been naked near my car, I have nothing to worry about. Remember that you don't know or control how long these videos are stored once they're up uploaded. You don't know or control what the company does with that database. You don't know or control what is going on with that because those videos have left your zone of control. Even if you trust a Silicon Valley company with your data, remember also that companies go out of business all the time. It's hard to believe that Tesla will go out of business, but it was also hard to believe that Standard Oil would go out of business 100 years ago. Will you trust the next one, the one that buys up their assets and goes, hey, look at all this data that's worth a ton of money if we just sell it to advertisers or or the CIA or you know, whoever wants your video anyway. And finally, remember that we are just seeing the tip of the iceberg with regards to what data, what AI can pull out of a stored video. Currently, Tesla already uses AI to identify street signs, pedestrians, uh, facial recognition is a thing. Uh, they, it's easy enough with today's technology, don't know if they do it, to just decide to facially identify and tag in your Facebook photos every single pedestrian that your car drives by. Okay. Um, but then the next generation of AI will probably be powerful enough to do even worse. Like say, visualize what you look like under your clothes, ushering in a whole new era of virtual leering. Angry thanks go out to Brian Janak, Robert Mueller, Raymond Zorger, Eric Rankin, and Sharky for their support of the Angry Tech News show. Really appreciate it. Angry Tech News also, or Angry Thanks also go out to, uh, actually nobody, because nobody boosted me. I guess having that node was a whole pain in the ass for not much. Uh, but that's okay. You're still boosting my other show, Grumpy Old Benz. I just wish you didn't have to give half of it to that other guy on the show. Anyway, Angry Tech News is produced on the value for value model. We don't take sponsors, we don't play ads, and we do not charge you to listen. But we are funded by your donations. If you received some value from listening to this show, please send some value back. Go to angrytechnews.com and click on the donate button. Send what you think this episode was worth to you. 
whether it be $5, $50, or the cost of a Tesla video not hitting the press. That's it for now. I'm Ryan Bemrose, the Angry Programmer with a mic. I'll be back next week with more Angry Tech News. This has been Angry Tech News with the Angry Programmer, Ryan Bemrose, at angrytechnews.com. Stay angry. Stay angry. Stay.